Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Kastneri-King. Today, I'm delighted to have Anna Birch from Hollis, New Hampshire. Hi, Anna. Hi. So glad I finally got you on. Well, I'm glad to be here. We caught up with you. So um, you do so many things. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's uh, I, I, I did, uh, a, lot of, a lot of experimentation and uh, a history. I always like to get into different things, so it is true. Okay. Well, I mean, let me just read the list and then to give our listeners an idea of where we're heading. You're an artist, writer, and teacher. You do printmaking, photography, book arts, media, mixed media, and fiber arts. So that's, I'm sure, just a dabbling <laughs> of what you do. Well, I guess so. I think um, because I because I am a teacher, it forces me to learn new things. Right. Um, so I got into felting that way. And, um, you know, I have a group of women friends that like to do many different art um, mediums. So, you know, that, that has helped me get into printmaking yeah. um, and, so on and so forth. But, you know, truly book arts and, you know, having that business for about 20 years kind of in the arts was making um, journals and greeting cards and doing hand painted images that I sent around. But you know, my art kind of became my business and I mm -hmm. felt a little bit that I was losing, um, you know, some of that inspiration. So the freedom to explore yeah. and create. Yeah. So really, <clears throat> I've gone in a few different directions and, uh, and that's been fun for me. Yeah. So let's go back to your childhood. Where were you raised and what were your earliest, what were you into as a child? You must've been just uh, making things out of everything. <laughs> So, well, I guess so. I, I, I was raised in Hollis, New Hampshire, which is where I've moved back. I did live on the seacoast for 20 or so years. Um, so I still feel very connected to the Portsmouth area. And, um, but when I was young, I would say that, uh, again, living in a multifamily household, I grew up with my grandparents as well. And my grandmother was a wonderful um, photographer and she also loved to draw she loved to draw horses and faces and so she was always you know someone that I was with a lot uh and we liked to draw together she was also like a wreath maker and you know she was born in 1907 she lived to be almost 105 wow. so she was a really incredible uh inspiration in my life and she helped me um, do art, you know, and, and notice things. I think with photography, you know, she was always someone who was looking at the clouds and chasing the good light. So, um, and again, I don't think, I think photography is just something I've always loved. I did it in high school. I did a lot of darkroom photography and in college. Um, right now it's too easy to do, you know, I have a, I have a Canon camera and I also have my iPhone. I just love to play with those images and, um, you know, chase light. But I guess when I was young, I, w I always loved illustrative arts. I was always the person doing the t-shirts and designs and posters and things uh -huh. like that. Um, so I, 
loved just kind of graphic line art, I would say, as a kid. Um, my brother uh, was really what I considered the true artist of the family because like someone would say, draw a tiger and he could draw like this amazing tiger with all the- Okay, okay, we have to stop here for a second because this is exactly what stunted me as a child. It, my right? sister could draw anything out of her head. That's it, yeah. And so in my, wherever I formed that was, that, you know, that opinion was that in order to be an artist, you drew out of your head. Right. And I, and I couldn't do it. I could draw what I saw anywhere, but I, so I never did anything for right. until like five years ago. So how did that influence you? Well, I just felt like he has, you know, that's his department and I'll yeah. do other things, you know, and I did get into writing too in high school. You know, that's another, it's not a fine art, but it's another art where I loved to do um, writing as well. So I thought, well, I'll be the photographer and the writer and he'll be the fine artist. Um, but I loved my business is very much like kind of glorified stick figures and expressive things, but you know, doing a lot with line art and I still use ink and a lot of line in my watercolor, you know, to define it um, in many ways. So, uh, so yeah, I guess I just stuck with illustrative arts and um, eventually, you know, it's always been hard to say I really am an artist, but I guess I guess I really? am. Wow. So <laughs> well, because my brother was, you know, my yeah. brother was, and now my husband is, you know, Chris Volpe is my husband. Yeah. But he's the big oil painter and does so many, uh, you know, huge canvases. I tend to work um, smaller yeah. and I l have more of a, a craft or element, you know, to kind of work with different mat materials. Yeah. And um, also because there's no more space left on the walls anywhere because, you know, there's all this art everywhere. So I tend to work small and I enjoy that. And oh, you got to go into Lisa Nunes' studio and just bust out. Oh, no, right. Working <laughs> big be fun. Big giant papers hanging from the, oh, they're like twice the height of her. Um, I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to do that someday. Yeah. So is your brother still an artist? Is, is that what he did career-wise? Um, he's actually a, mus a wonderful musician now. So he really went <laughs> into the musician world, but he still could draw a tiger or a dragon if you asked him to. So Wow. Sure. So, yeah. so let's talk about that for a second, because I know you teach and you teach adults and children, and I, I teach music. Um, and I teach the Suzuki method, which, you know, surmises that you, anyone can learn to play. And, and that is true. Um, do you believe that anyone can also become artistic? And, and I, I really do. I really do. Um, I love what I, I mostly work with kindergarten, first and second graders. Um, that's okay. my, I have a class that's called Art Club and it's been going for eight years. And I, you know, we'll see what happens this fall because of the pandemic. But, yeah. um, you know, we have a wonderful time and I, I feel like I'm kind of a cheerleader for the young, for the young artists, you know, yeah. to, to express themselves and, and very much be process-based to explore, you know, the, they're not uh, paint-alongs per se, you know, I really want them to express, here's a medium, you know, introducing them to different, um, you know, fiber arts, we do printmaking, we do painting, we do drawing and shading, so, you right. know, I, I know enough to get by with those kids and then um, with adults, one of my favorite things to do is to make art with other women, really, and on a big table, you know, printmaking, um, felting, painting, whatever it is. Um, I love to do that. So a good friend of mine, um, Sarah Barrow, and I, who both teach here, have, have run a class called Art Sampler. So wow. we kind of, she has an art therapy background, and we kind of 
find out all these things that we can try to do. Um, we work with ink, India ink, we've done some work with alcohol ink, we've done work with wood, uh, many different things. So we kind of figure out how to do something and then we experiment with our lovely group of women that come in on Thursday mornings, you know, to, to work with us. So that's been really, really fun. And so, yeah, I do feel that anybody can, you know, make art, express themselves through art, and some, some, some experiments work better than others, but um, yeah, I just you. feel like it brings people a lot of joy. And there's a lot of people who feel that they can't, you know, quote unquote, do it or do it right. So I it's think I lean, on, I lean on the forgiving arts, you know, I lean right, on right. the arts that really lend themselves to expression and experimentation. And also we, we do stay small some of the time too, just because if you're painting one thing, hey, let's try another. Let's do a bunch of different, you know, four by fours of flowers with ink and watercolor. Let's experiment with those. Let's see how that goes. So there is a lot of experimentation and it's a lot of fun, fun for us too as teachers. Yeah, that sounds great. Do you get um, people that are complete beginners and maybe are oh, super yeah. self-conscious, you know, they, yeah. they have the stigma like we did that we're not the artist in the family? Exactly. We do. Absolutely. We get a whole range, beginners to people who've had art, art careers too. Um, so wow. it's a nice, it's a, it's a really nice, um, it's a nice mix. And I think people love um the community of it and i know that a lot of right. artists i'm very extroverted so I, I would never be one of the artists that would just stay in my room all the time i like to share it i like to be around others who are doing it to be inspired by them um so mm -hmm. i i feel like a lot of my life when i look back has to do with being with others whether it's in writing circles or generative writing groups or if it's um you know learning different types of art methods from my friends, indigo dyeing or, you know, whatever it may be. So I, I definitely like the community aspect of art. Um, so in this group you were just describing, what is the name of it? It's called, we call it Art Sampler. Art, art Sampler. Is yeah. there any, um, you know, instructional part to it as far as Definitely. We do demonstrations at the beginning okay. of each one for sure. Oh, okay. And we often take turns, my friend Sarah and I, to kind of, lead one and then we have brought in other guest artists too who were better at you know book binding than we were so you know we brought in our friend Denise who would teach a lesson on um handbound books you know things like that so yeah that's it, a great idea and then are there you know if somebody loves the book binding do you have classes in book binding that they could then kind of go not that one in particular but um we do there are classes at wild south wild salamander creative arts centers where i teach in hollis it's a community art center and we'll see how it goes this fall we'll see how the classes all pan out you know because we're we have an outdoor classroom right now oh, okay um, you know we might have to do masks or separating and and so forth but i think we'll i think we'll figure something out for sure mm -hmm. um but yeah they there are watercolor classes. It kind of depends on the teacher. I don't teach a full, you know, watercolor class or a bookbinding class, um, but others, others do. Have you had any uh, any people find their thing? Like, oh my gosh, this is this is what I've been missing in my life, and they just <laughs> go. I don't know that it's been quite that um, <laughs> dramatic, but people have. Um, there's one, you know, the the printmaking that I do is kind of a. I just love it. It's, you use a soft carving medium. It's not like, it's like linoleum. You use those okay. same carving tools to, to hand carve images and then block print them 
with different oh. pieces. And um, so those are something that I, that I really love to make. And we have had people who have taken that class with me and I offer it regularly who have, you know, bought all the supplies and loved it or done it with their families. So that's, that brings me a lot of joy when they do that. And it really is a fun, it's kind of like making your own pr a print or stamp or thing like that, that you can print all over. Um, so okay. that's been a lot of fun. Okay. Nice. Nice. So, um, you mentioned that you had um, um, your designs that you were selling on, was yeah. it notebooks and t-shirts? Yeah, your yep. designs, that's Queen right. Um, so I think post-college, I was living in Portsmouth and, um, you know, wasn't sure quite where my creativity would take me. I worked at Stroudwater Books um, in Portsmouth there for a long time. And I also worked at a, you know, education place for, for youth. And I was try, always trying to see where, what can I do creatively? Um, and it just so happened that my dear friends Paloma and Rob uh, wanted to get married and they wanted me to do their invitation because they could see I was playing around with some, you know, images and cards and paper, paper things. So they kind of launched me because they needed like 150 of these things. They wow. needed the reply cards and everything. So in 1997, I kind of launched this little mini business thanks to them. It, it, it happened that I started to make cards first, and then I had um, books that were bound for me, and then I would put my painted designs um, on them. And then I sold them for, for many years. I really had quite a business. I used to do maybe 25 shows a year. I did a lot of farmer's markets, and I sold them. I had a big... Um, did very well at the Button Factory Open Studios. I did that for many years. And so the first year that I sold, you know, I don't know, $1,000, $1,500 worth of work, I was like, this is great. I can, I can do this. I was thrilled and they, they went well. And yeah. um, it was really like a lot of, you know, people would buy them for, for gifts and presents. So I did a lot of the fair circuit, I would say, um, for many years. And, and it was fun, but it just kind of what became you know, as anything, after that many years, it was, it was becoming a little bit stale towards the end for me. You know, I just wanted to experiment and try new things. And I also had um, my son in um, 2007 and just having a child um, changed my business model. You know, I would bring work with me and he'd nap in the studio. I used to have a studio up at um, Mills at Salmon Falls up in Rollinsford for about 10 years. I had a studio up there. Okay. Um, and you know, I just went less and less and I was trying to figure out life and mothering and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Throws its curve, doesn't it? <laughs> it but it was a lot of fun and it was a, it was a good long stretch that I did it for. And I still, you know, I still had a woman, she called me two days ago cause my numbers, my phone number is on the back of all those cards and journals. So a woman from California called me uh, five days ago and just said, Oh my God, I can't believe I found you. Can, can I order some more of these cards? I, you know, I've never been able to send it to anyone. I love it so much. So I'm going to be sending her, you know, I can still do them. I still make some of them. So I still fill special orders from people who, you know, knew me from 15, oh, 20 years ago. So t-shirts too? T-shirts, t-shirts. I ran. I'm out of those t-shirts. Oh, the t-shirts, but I could, you know, maybe I could someday. Maybe I could. <laughs> Um, I but, have. Um, I was in Wolfboro and uh, purchased one of your notebooks oh, yeah. and didn't, you know, I didn't know. I knew your name. I knew because I was taking some classes with Chris at the time, probably five years ago. Oh, yeah. Then he mentioned it in a class and I said, oh, 
whoa, is that your wife I have with notebook? Anyway, that's right, hey, darling. I love them, and I, I think I bought several as well for gifts Great. for my daughters, which they still have. Um, so how do you do your, your, you used to be in Salmon Falls. Um, do you have studio space at Wild Salamander that you can utilize? Um, no, it's really, a, it's really like a lot of classroom, classroom okay. space, but you know, she has, um, space. If I need it, I can work there. And we have, um, in our house, we have a barn area where uh -huh. there's a small amount of, a small amount of space. But, you know, I, after all these years of teaching and making art, I have a lot of art supplies. I know. Well, that's my question. Storage, storage is an issue, you know, shelving <laughs> and all of that. So because I have many interests, you know, I've got my whole fiber art section and I've got the printing section and the watercolor section. So, right. And then, um, that's my question. How do you deal with all that? And the printmaking, right? Is that, well, you said you're doing it. It's not a big press. Is it? A no, we do. Uh, there is a press that we can use over at Wild Salamander because, um, okay. the owner of that place also does printmaking and press stuff. So occasionally we will use it, but it's been quite a few years since we've done that. Okay. Um, so I work on a small scale, you know, and I yes. use smaller, um, you know, supplies for that, but it, it, it is overwhelming. I will just say that it is, you know, and I teach mm -hmm. camps, you know, in the summer. So I have a whole other section of things that are, you know, how to make the treasure wish bottles for kids and how to make pendants. And, you know, so I've got, I really do have a lot of art supplies. It's yeah. a problem. It's really a problem, but it's fun. And then for, for many years, I teach out at um, Star Island um, the, at the Isles of Shoals. So I've, Chris and I have been part of conferences out there. So it's kind of nice. They'll give you a stipend if you, you know, become part of their conference. So nice. for, for quite a few years, he would teach oil painting in the art barn. And I did this. I have been doing um, what I call art on the porch. So it's very similar to my art samplers that every day I would bring um, art projects out that were, you know, I'd have two-year-olds and I've had 80-year-olds and it's really fun. So I really, it's fun. I can do that. You know, we've done kite pipe, uh, kite paper, sorry, um, stars and different collage things and watercolor and, you know, many different, different mediums out there. And that's, so again, I have to kind of, that's an interesting thing because it's like you're teaching a camp, but you have to bring every single thing right. with you you can't go to a store. So that yeah. doing that over many years has helped me do little kits. You know, I've got a bag for this and a bag for that. Okay. Um, pastels, we've done all kinds of things out there, but that's fun. And I feel like it's, it's taken me years, but um, through many either community events or um, teaching opportunities, I really enjoy having art forms that you can do with a two-year-old or three-year-old and an 80-year-old. And so many people would come out to the table on the Starland, which has this wonderful big porch, you know, and I'd get the pelicans who are the teen, you know, workers out there. Yeah. Um, they'd come down, the, the island nurse would come, the day trippers, I'd get a couple of them off the boat, we'd get different conferences. So it was really fun because I think when you're at the table with others making art, that's, you know, if you can be doing something and experimenting and, you know, you see that it brings people joy and they might want to continue with it. Um, mm -hmm. And they get to converse with each other. Yeah. Doing handwork, you know, that's why even wreath making and other things like that, if your hands are busy yeah. um, doing something around a table with others, um, I just love that. I love that. So I kind of, that's, that's, 
that's what I'm about with my teaching is trying to make those, you know, round table kind of uh, art experiences happen because. Um, yeah. And I would think that having it all, all ages integrated would be the highlight, you know, I mean, the segregation fun. of ages is fun too, but um, to just have that integration of all different yeah. ages at the same time, you know. It's fun. You know, I need help from the parents when the two year olds get in and they're what, you know, they're doing the watercolor, it can get a little wild. So sometimes I put them at the end of the table, but. Oh, for sure. But I, I love that. Yeah. That community feel it kind of like, it sounds like a throwback to the quilting bees, right? They go. That's right. All the women right. get together and quilt. Wow. But that sounds so for me, I just have such a problem with organization. I just, that sounds so overwhelming. Like, Oh my God, I just struggle yeah. with my little bits that I have, you know, the, the painting and I do have this little craft box years ago. I used to sew and knit when the kids were little, do all that stuff. And I had boxes and boxes. And, uh, it's just, well, I'm not going to show you the, my shelving units. They're pretty, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to show okay. you. All we'll just have this idealized yeah. vision. Yeah, no, it's it's a mess. It's a hot mess. A lot, but I'm working on it, it, and it keeps me it keeps me busy. You know, trying to keep things sorted out. As long as you know where it all is, that's what matters. Yeah. So, um, wow, that's that's a lot. What are your influences, and uh, who inspires you in this work? Are there other artists out there that that's uh, maybe point. early on and or now that you so interesting um anyone from your childhood that you said oh my gosh i mean how did you discover all these well, a lot of it you know it's funny the the place where i work is called wild wild salamander creative arts center and it's it's actually in the home of my where my best friend grew up so it's really like a walk it's an eighth of a mile oh from my, my house gosh and um when i grew up her father was a natural light photographer arthur witty and her mother was um, very much did a lot of, lot of crafts and a lot of, you know, interesting things. Like, I don't know if you remember those, those boxes that you would paint and then you would do like the dot painting with little flowers around, like in the yes. 70s and 80s. Yeah. So, you know, Lucy was, was a really an inspiration to me because she did book binding and, you know, they were doing all kinds of cool framing and they had supplies and they were artists over there. So I think having, um, you know, it was really like family and friends, you know, I, like I, I really was inspired by my grandmother who took a lot of fo great photographs and by Lucy. So, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of high ideals, I would say, you know, I love Paul Klee a lot. I love color, you know, I mean, there's, there's artists that I love, but um, I think it was more friends. That's really when I, I would be more influenced by by friends. My friend Haley Wood is a Western Mass artist, and she she does wonderful things. And she's she's brought me in. We've done some printmaking together. We do workshops together um, down at ZMA's printmaking. We just did one that was Chris and Haley and myself. So I think really friends and family. Yeah, it's community. I love it. Love it. That is so cool, though, that the, the salamander is down at your friend's. Yeah, my friend's house. So it's it's nice to have worked there for, I guess it's really been like eight eight years now. Um, but I know those walls. I know that walk. I walk the same way. We have a little shortcut that goes from my house to that house. And it, it feels, it really was full circle to move back here. Although I really do miss the seacoast because that's where um, I really 
did where my business launched, where my creativity really took off, where I really became, you know, an artist and a writer was in the Portsmouth area. You know, I belonged to the City Hall Poets for 25 years. So since 1994, wow. I have a group. So what, what is that? I'm unfamiliar with that. Um, they're a group of poets. We started, um, kind of branched out of uh, writing community at UNH. So I went to UNH and graduated in 94. And then um, we all decided we loved workshopping, you know, our writing together. So that group has con continued for many years. And we used to meet at the Portsmouth City Hall. But then I guess maybe five years ago or so they had some changes. So now we meet in different, different locations in Stratum or Exeter um, and so on and so forth. Uh, but it's a great, it's a great group. So I still feel, you know, Chris and I still very much are connected to the seacoast because, and it's not that far, you know, for many years I would live on the seacoast and I do that hour drive back to Hollis and now I'm just doing it in reverse. So we're, you know, we go back and forth quite a bit. Um, right, right. Um, and have they moved anything to online now that uh, under COVID? Are they meeting through Zoom or anything like that? Yes, 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 they are. Yeah, we meet, we meet once a month um, via Zoom and wow. it's going well. You know, you can do it that, do it that way. Yeah, many, many workshops are like that now and groups yeah. of writers are, are working that way. And in, in some ways it's helping people because... You know, I mean, I drive an hour to get there. So in a way, if I can, you know, log on to all my friends' faces and I don't have to drive an hour in the winter, I'm for that. So I think that some of these Zoom, you know, some of these online workshops are going to change art offerings in the future, you know. Um, I, I think so, too. I was able to um, take a few things in the spring, you know, because it was the only way that I could because it was offered online. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that was really exciting to be able to do that because between my work schedule and then caring for my mom, I just had, there was no way I was going to get to these things in person. But, uh, what do you think will happen at Salamander in the fall if they can't, you know, continue meeting indoors? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Outdoor, outdoor classrooms, masks inside with social distancing and they have good ventilation there. So, so we'll see. We're kind of. Waiting to see. We're not going to open until um, October. I think we'll take September to let everything, right. you know, see what happens with the schools. It's a big issue. You know, I have a, an eighth grader, you know, Max, our son is going into eighth grade and we're not sure yet whether it's going to be in person or at home. Right. And, but I think, you know, what's interesting in the art classes is that, that a lot of people will be um, choosing to homeschool or do remote learning. And so if we offer a safe, you know, place to do art I think we really will do more daytime classes for yeah. kids um, but we may see less of the parents you know <laughs> only True. because um, you know <laughs> there many of them will be working with 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 their children and that was yeah. some of our sweet spot for the art sampler you know classes I think many women are trying to find that place where they can you know be expressive and be creative when their kids are at school or or whatnot so True, true. Yeah, we shall see. They're doing online classes too. There's a woman who um, does a lot of felting classes online and they've gone very well. People can pick up a kit and then they can, you know, wow, take it home, 
woman named Rachel Benson. She's doing wonderfully this year with her online felting classes. She'll do the demonstration very close up to the camera and people follow her and you know, you can go pick up the supplies. And so that's gone very, that's gone very well. So I guess it just depends on um, the medium. You know, I don't know whether oil painting, I think that would be much harder, things like that. Yeah, yeah. It, well, I, I did attend the the plein air live that Eric Rhodes just did recently, and um, well, I tried to, I did get to watch them all, but not in the four days that it was offered. Um, and I was really surprised. I was very surprised with how well it went. I, I it exceeded my expectations. You know, great. Great. Um, it was done very well. Um, the way that the cameras were on the people doing the demos was just. I, I mean, he's had a lot of experience with that. So it wasn't all just new to him. They know how to put it down on the palette over here on the, you know, and, and so it would flip around. It was done really well. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I think we're learning to innovate <laughs> quickly in, in yeah, these ways. Exactly. And there um, will be some lasting changes that may be good. You know, True. Yeah. You got to look for them because they're, they're definitely there. I teach violin and, um, We've just made the decision to continue for the fall semester online, mm -hmm. um, which there's some benefits, but you know I would say the it, the pendulum swings too far the other way to make it super beneficial. Yeah, yeah. but hey, in the winter I won't mind, you know, <laughs> getting right. on a Zoom call. Right. We'll right. see. We'll see where it goes. So. Um, Let's talk about like your five-year goals pre-COVID. What were your five-year goals and how, if they've changed, how have they changed? That's interesting. Um, well, some of my goals have to do with really finding the time to, you know, sit down and do the work. Um, I think I have a two-prong approach because I really have been a writer for many years and I am working on two different manuscripts, one of poetry and one more personal essays and memoir. And so that's one thing that I really want to get working on because um, time keeps a ticking. And then also I love um, the printmaking themselves. That seems to be the thing that I'm um, selling more of and doing more of, of making these prints of animals. And, you know, I do these little sets. I have a Etsy shop that's just starting and again, you know, just picking up on a new website. Um, <clears throat> so I think that I want to make more of those, like printmaking is an area where I want to go into more and writing. Um, nice. Those are the two, those are the two areas that I feel that I want to focus on. Cause as you can hear, I have a lot of um, different interests, but I am teaching less. So I am finding that there is more time to do my printmaking and my writing um, because I'm teaching less this, this year. So if I can really crack the whip and put my blinders on, um, that will be beneficial. But I think for many, I don't know, I live, you know, in a multifamily house. My sister also lives in this house and she has four children. Um, so many days I feel like I have five children and, you know, my <laughs> nephew comes up from Florida. So we're busy, busy, busy. We are right. in the years of parenting. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I really... I find that, you know, in five years, my son will be 18, you know, he's 13 now. So I, I feel like I do a lot of this art on the side in stolen moments, as I'm sure many either working women or parents um, find that they are trying to steal away that time mm -hmm. to, to do that work. And so I think that it means just giving it 
giving it more time, you know, I'm teaching less, didn't go to Star Island this year. So, you know, it's time to organize my art supplies and be writing and be doing more printmaking. So those, are, I guess, are my goals. And, and how do the kids in the home um, see your work? Do they see it as work? Is it, do they? Yeah, they, they enjoy it. I they think do. they enjoy it. I've done, yeah, they've, uh, my son has done some um, printmaking you know, some carving with me and he's really, he's really enjoyed that. And he takes our classes too. So I think, nice. you know, um, when my son was four or five, you know, we were bringing him to all these art shows and festivals and, you know, this and that. And so he said one day, you know, when I grow up, do I have to be an artist? <laughs> you know, we said, no, 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 you definitely, you don't need to. He said, oh, good, well, great. Maybe I'll be a, you know, spy machine inventor or something like that you know um and then when he went to kindergarten um he this is a funny story he he went into kindergarten and he was making artwork you know and then he'd flip it around and he'd price the back of it you know <laughs> it's not cool so not gonna very entertaining so i think he, he he definitely sees that art yeah yeah business yeah. he follows our you know it's it's kind of up the ups and downs of gallery sales and you know right and what we do but he does take joy in making art himself he's an artistic kid and um nice. and the other kids are too we have musicians in the family you know uh nice. wonderful my nephew is a wonderful musician and you know we do a lot of artwork so i think that you know when i'm when I'm on my best day, you know, I'll bring out art and we'll do, we'll try different things. Or if I'm teaching a camp, I'll have the kids test something out for me. Um, my niece, Charlotte, she will assist me in my classes and camps sometimes. Um, yeah, she's, she's 15. So, so I think it's, it is, it is a lot of what we do in the house and around the house. So it yeah. is part of the fabric of the household here for sure. That's extraordinary upbringing, really. It's, it's very unusual for kids to have that much exposure to fine arts and I'm sure writing as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll, that see. we'll see how, you know, he'll probably be an accountant after all this. He'll probably be an accountant. <laughs> Only for a year or so. <laughs> right, exactly. We shall see. We shall see. So, okay. Well, that's great. Um, and what about, has COVID thrown a twist into any of that in any way? Have you thought of other ways of progressing with either the writing or the printmaking? Um, I don't know. Um, just just being home more, you know. I mean, it's funny because I think people's sense of productivity is strange during this time. I think people think, gosh, I really should have done more. I did have more time. But I think you're attending. You, you, the timeline just kind of slows down, like what life takes from you. Right. And making time for family, you know, keeping my child off screens, keeping, you know, the children busy and outside and doing things. Um, you know, it's been many months since the kids have been doing things. So I feel a little bit like a camp counselor at home. <laughs> so it's, it goes against sometimes that, you know, solitary creativity and the time it takes to kind of warm up and set up and, you know, get going. So yeah. Again, I'm stealing away into the corners of my house in my life, you know, writing in my car if I need to, you know, things like that. Just kind of yeah. uh, trying to carve out small, small times to be able to do that. And are you writing about this time in history? A little bit. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's funny. I, I grew up in a multifamily house and um, now I'm back living in one again. 
Um, and I feel like our family in many ways was made for things like this because we are gardening and we are working on the land and we share resources. Yeah. My mother also lives in an apartment in the house. She's in her mid seventies and um, you know, she's kind of locked off a little bit more, but it's, it's a very full house and a full life. And you know, this is a house that has been in my family since 1872. So Max is the sixth generation in this wow. household. Um, and it's always been a multifamily. Um, the working title of my, of my book is called Under One Roof because we've had, you know, many wonderful things happen here and it's, it's exciting and it's overwhelming and, you know, all of the above, but it's, it's really been an interesting, um, place to write about it's a very rich ground for yes, us I can't you know, wait now when is this coming out <laughs> we'll see we'll see <laughs> I'm still working on it I'm getting my 20 I mean I've been writing for years it's very much the place that I have written about um because it's, it was such an interesting place for me to grow up too you know in in my uh in this family with my grandparents with my kind of Irish father who came from Boston and mixed everything up and you know kind of this house had a line of only children for many many years you know the farming New Hampshire people for many many years and then he came up with my mother and then they had four kids and you know brought a lot of kind of wildness but always always in my family people were self-employed and you know my father's theme he he sadly died last year but um he his theme was, uh, you know, very much follow your bliss, you know? And so I think he, you know, read a lot of poetry. He, he published a book of poetry, self-published. Wow. And always, um, you know, did a lot of writing. So there's a lot of the storytelling urge on that Irish side of the family. So I think I inherited a little bit of that. And then on my, my mother's side, there was always these documenters and savers and keepers so there's always been just so much ephemera and you know interesting stuff within this house I mean we're kind of like sailing on this big heavy ship of you know belongings and things that we need to save and sort through so it's not just my art supplies in this house we've got a whole whole lot of very interesting artifacts here yeah and, um, you know and I always felt very grateful that I was so close with my grandmother who, you know, my son was born a hundred years after she was born. He was born in 2007. She was born in 1907. And, oh my. you know, just the richness of um, experience that, um, that she brought to my life that looking back, you know, I really spent so much time with her and looked up to her so much. Um, you know, she had a different way of being, she would have been fine in this pandemic. I mean, she just, you know, gather the sticks in the yard, self-sufficient. you know, very mm -hmm. self, very self-sufficient, you know, going through the depression era, you know, and I find like those lessons and think, you know, we're building stuff out of wood, you know, the kids are all building stuff with the old lumber, you, know, you can't throw anything away, you've got to make use of everything, so. I love it. You know. Um, so that's a lot of what I, you know, I write about many of those things, try to try to work on the details. When I was, when I was young and in high school, I had a teacher, it was very interesting that uh, Mrs. Conifal, she was called, and she, um, you know, we did a piece of personal writing and she said, you know, and I remember I wrote and I, I decided to leave the house and look back in the window. And I guess I was maybe 13 or 14 when I did that. And it was funny, I wrote about leaving my house, looking back inside. And I feel like I've been doing that same thing 
since then, you know, kind of try to take that artistic distance and see mm-hmm. what's happening, um, yeah. you know, on the inside of a very dynamic household um, right. history. So, um, so we'll see. I keep writing. It's, it's, it's interesting to do this writing because sometimes I, uh, you know, it's, I feel shy to share it. Um, but I have been sharing it a bit more with family members and it's gone, it's been going over well. I wrote my dad's eulogy and a lot of his obituary. And so, you know, I think that I'm starting to come out a little bit more as Good. a writer. Good. I've always, I've always been in the Portsmouth area, but less so in my hometown. I see. So, you know, so it's, a, it, it can be a bit of a change. So, well, that is right. They say it's the hardest place to reveal who you really are is your hometown, right? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, <laughs> one of the subjects on your website is writing place and artifacts. Is that a, a class or is that, what is that? No, that's just kind of a, I think I was just referencing that I am writing about place. About your place and artifacts. Yeah, that's kind of that. And I think in that, again, the website um, is very new and I might be including photographs and things because this place is like partly a, a museum. This house you know it just has so many things from so many generations um that i enjoy writing a lot about the artifacts that i'll find sometimes that will be a centerpiece of a piece of writing you know i'll start with these old marbles or an old box of toys or something like that and then let the writing go from there so artifacts and and i might include um photography in the in the work too you know to take pictures of these things and then you know write from there so will you be uploading some of these essays on under that? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> In the publishing world, someone just told me that, you know, you have to be careful because if you publish something on a website, oh. it changes its availability for other publishers. So, so we'll really? see. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. to send you one, though. <laughs> I would. Yes, I would love to. I won't share it with anyone. Okay, I would be thrilled to read some. It sounds just wonderful. Really very nice. Um, let's see. Well, in, I guess in closing, do you have anything else you'd like to share about, uh, the people working in this time? And, uh, I think, I think you hit it that we got to steal time and find if it's in our car, we kind of get there. And do know, right? Exactly. Exactly. No, I just think that I feel the sense of, um, you know, a lot of stress with families right now. Going back to school yeah. is a huge, huge thing right now. People are trying to make these decisions for their, for their families and, and what's right. Um, I, I certainly don't know the answer, but I, I do feel that art can be a way to slow down and uh, kind of go to the well a bit, I would say. For, I remind myself of that and, and other people as well. So I hope that you know, my friend Sarah and I can offer a place. I think it will be therapeutic for people to, to come together and, and make art and just be able to do something a little bit different and be together. Cause we've all been with our families a lot, you know, and it would be nice to have that if we can do it safely. And I think we can, you know, to have conversations and, and make art with people at a six foot distance from each other, but it's still around the table. It's going to be a very big table, but I think, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Whatever works. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's exciting. So you mentioned you're, you've got a new website up and coming. It's artbyannabirch.com. That's right. And it's Birch with an I. 
and then um an Etsy shop is coming too is that what um yeah I don't have the exact address of that I probably will link to that um as well I've had one for a while but I just kind of trying to revamp it with the greeting cards that I've been making um lately oh, okay. so I will stay tuned for that I'm sure as the website um develops i will i will be linking to that and getting some more things up online there good and the uh, greeting cards are prints is that the they are yeah prints and i'm i do backgrounds of um different handmade papers and i love to carve images of really a lot of animals animals and creatures so um and i do a, like a rural farm like farming things apples and that type of thing so yeah. animals flora and fauna i would say that's a lot of what i've been um printing Nice. So yeah, you'll be able to check that out probably in a week or two. Okay. And um, your photography is beautiful too. You put a lot of it on your Instagram. What is your Instagram? Anna V. Birch. Okay. V. Anna. I love that look. No one could see that look on your face but me. <laughs> I can't remember it's, what it was. It's but. one of my favorite questions asking artists because they, they 99% of them do not know their Instagram. Yep, it's pretty good. Um, I had to look it up yesterday because I was putting the link on the website. So now <laughs> I know Twitter and Instagram are both Anna V. Birch. Okay. So. Oh, Twitter too. Good. Um, how about a funny teaching story? Do you have any, or maybe just uh, your favorite, an aha moment, uh, something funny with a, a kid or an adult? Do you have a favorite age to teach? Well, I really, I guess I really do love the the first graders first graders yeah. like six-year-olds um, yeah yeah that is where it's at they are just full of energy and life and you know a lot of times we we listen to music and it, you know and i'm i'm pretty free as a teacher you know they don't have to sit in their seats this year will be different but you know historically um you know, people will come upstairs and the kids will be dancing, you know, because we put on Pandora. I love the Pandora station, Bare Necessities, you know, oh. that that's a really fun um, station to listen to with the kids. So I guess I just love that the kids that I work with will, um, you know, sometimes break into dance and they, you know, it's kind of like an art club, but it's a bit of a social club too. So I think um, I just love that. I love that age and they really will, you know, I miss them. I just miss these kids tremendously. I haven't really seen them since March. And actually this week I start, um, I will be teaching a very socially distant outdoor camp for three days this week. Um, that's called art club. And so I'm working on my projects and getting everything ready. And I can't wait to see them because there's just something about that um, connection in that age where a lot is possible and they are just confident and having fun and, and making art. And I can't wait to be around that again. So and their questions and their insights on life are so, they so are. Re refreshing, right? They're just, they really are. Yeah. I love to hear what they have to say. It just, it is a very different age. You know, now that I have a 13 year old who I love tremendously, but you know, they're getting a little jaded when they get to be 13. So it's kind of like, you know, and I get a lot of boys in my classes too, you know, boys and girls, and they are just uh, really a wonderful, a wonderful age and a wonderful asset. And I suggest anyone who wants to feel, you know, younger and more <laughs> in the world, go hang out with some six-year-olds. That's right. A lot, a lot of fun to do art with and experiment with. And so looking forward to that. Yeah. Great. 
And uh, one last quick question, your use of technology, what are your favorite things that you like to use or what do you struggle with or how do you find time um, to, you know, do the social media? Like, I was going to say, well, I love the portrait mode on the uh, iPhone. I said, I love that, <laughs> but I don't, that's what you're referring to, but no, that's good. Yeah. So you use that for photography? Yeah, occasionally. I've always loved taking pictures of people. And, you know, if I don't have my big camera with me, um, you know, I really enjoy uh, the portrait mode on the iPhone because it really just has this way of zoning in on the person and blurring out the back a little bit. So just as a quick, you know, I use that a lot. Um, so do you I have to do that on your phone? Like, do you have to set it each time or can you kind of... No, you just, um, you, you know, if you, if you were on an iPhone and you open up your camera, you know, you can do a, a video, a slow-mo, a portrait right. square. And so portrait, I think it might have to be like an eight or higher, yeah. but, um, I just find it's fun to experiment with that. It's a really nice, um, feature because there's the two, two lenses and it can blur out, give you a nice, you know, a different depth of field so that your subject's really in focus, but other things are not. So yeah. I don't know if that's what you were asking, but I do enjoy so good. Um, playing, playing, with the, playing with the phone um, because it's changed photography. I mean, right. know, we, we, I do bring my big clunky camera out and I've got a great wide en angle lens and, you know, some different things. So when I'm going on a big trip, I'll use that. But I think the um, phone offers a lot. Well, that's good to hear because that's all I'm ever going to mess around yeah, exactly, with. Exactly, right? <laughs> I remember my daughter saying, you have portrait on your phone? Oh my gosh. I was like, what? <laughs> I know. I loved it. I mean, I'd love to get back in a dark room. I did that for years. I just loved it. But that's not the world right now. You know, the world is more, um, you know, digital, digital. That meant that, like our school, they don't have the um, dark photography anymore in our town. They just let go of it like two years ago. And I was so sad to hear that, you know, but that's, yeah. that's kind of the way, but nothing was quite like that, you know, developing your own film and um, developing, you know, your, your photographs and stuff. So I did, I really loved that. I don't consider myself a quote unquote, you know, professional photographer by any means. I just love it to, um, to, like I said, to notice, to be watching, to be looking, um, to be finding all those little places and skies and whatnot to take pictures of. So yeah, another way to engage with the world. Absolutely, very important. Well, this has been lovely. Thank you so much. I was lovely and to wishing you all the best on these great adventures. We'll be looking forward to your website developing further, which it's it's beautiful now, and uh, seeing your Etsy shop get an up and running. And drum roll, we'll be waiting for that book. <laughs> okay, thank you, Laura. It was really a pleasure to talk with you too. Thanks, bye. Okay, bye-bye. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show and don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.